The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus himself stood among the disciples and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy, they were disbelieving and still wondering. He said to them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate in their presence. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, o Christ. You may be seated. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let's pray. Gracious God, we are so grateful to your resurrection that gives hope and life to this world and to our lives. We ask that you would encourage us to continue to go out and be witnesses. Amen. So I don't remember exactly what year it was, but about seven or eight years ago, I know it was during the season of Lent, and it was a Wednesday, so I had services in the evening, and I had gotten all dressed up for the day, which for me meant black, head to toe, and uh, it's easy to know what to wear. And uh, I had gone to get lunch, and so I had walked down the hill from the church that I was serving. It was a big street there, Balboa Boulevard in the San Fernando Valley. Maybe some of you know that street, but it's three lanes of fast-moving traffic in both directions, and there is zero shoulder. It is right up on the sidewalk. I think the speed limit posted is at least 45. It might be 50. And so I was starting to walk back from lunch, and I'm heading up this hill, and I'm on the sidewalk, and suddenly I hear the sound of an engine that's clearly going very, very fast. And I glance up the hill, and in the, the lane closest to me, so this car, if I had reached out like this, I could have touched it. The sound of it going by was like if you were standing on the shoulder of the freeway. It was going about 70 miles an hour down this road. And suddenly it seemed very close to me. <laughs> it succeeded in getting past me with no difficulty, but the road bends a little bit, which works really well at 45 and not so great at 70. And the car lost control, hitting another car, which then upended and went down into a ravine on the far side. And there I was. And the, the somewhat, nobody was hurt, the somewhat humorous piece of it was that moment of indecision because I was immediately across the street from a fire station. <laughs> 
So I'm pulling out my cell, do I call nine? Do I just run across, <laughs> what do I do? Ran across the street, they come out and start looking. But the best part was when the guy whose car had gone over into the ravine climbed out, obviously fine, and the guy who had caused the accident coming back, and who's the first guy on the scene who has seen everything but the guy in black? <laughs> it's not a good day. <laughs> what does it mean to be a witness? means you get a phone call a month or two later from people asking about the event. But when we think about this word witness, to speak on behalf of something, to speak out, to tell a story, to share news of some variety, often the things that kind of scar our brain are those moments when we get bad news of some kind and we think of the time maybe we had to bring it or it was brought to us and we remember that moment, that idea of being a witness to something. Well, in the text that we have for today, we're still on Easter Day, amazingly, the day that just will not end. We have the resurrection early in the morning, the women at the tomb, we've got Simon, Peter, and John in their foot race to see who can get there first. We have two disciples on the road out of town on the way to Emmaus who run into Jesus. They go back into the city after dark and are gathering. And then suddenly we have this experience where Jesus just appears. I think on the scale of things that he had done that day, this was pretty small, just appearing in their midst. And they were terrified. And you notice how they think he's a ghost. The Greek is pneuma, spirit, or breath. It's the word that we use for the Holy Spirit. Now he says, well, I'm not a ghost. Touch me. See, I'm real. And they were so joyful and still weren't buying it. Do you have that sense at the resurrection? We'd like to see you do it again, but slower this time so we can follow exactly what you're doing. This was not something that they experienced every day. This was something that was out of the norm. In fact, it was a unique experience. We might say not just for them, but period. Now in the first century, in case you were keeping close notes on this, the way you determined that somebody was not a ghost was to have them eat something. Because ghosts clearly did not need to eat. And so, he ate some fish in their presence, thereby demonstrating that he was there physically. And he taught them, and he taught them, and sent them out as witnesses. Now, witness is a strange word for us, because when we think of witness, we automatically go to kind of the example that I gave in the first place, this idea of being at a trial or something like that. It's curious that Jesus is talking about witnesses. There's one group of people in the first century that weren't allowed to be witnesses in a court of law, period. Women. And in each of the four Gospels, they are the first witnesses. Jesus turning everything on its head. Everything. And so Christians ever since have been sent out as witnesses to this story. 
The Greek word for it is kind of strange. It's marturia, or it's the word that we use today, martyr. It means witness. It means to share a story. But in the way we use it, we use it to mean that someone has lost their life in doing that. That's specifically because of the Christian experience in the first centuries. Now, we would hopefully not be in that place where it would cost us our life to share the story. But it's important to note that I think God is calling us with our lives to tell the story. The word that's used today is apostle, sent ones. They're the ones who are sent out. There have been times when you have been sent places on a mission for milk to the store. Maybe we've gone off to school. Maybe it's a new child in the family and it's you who's been sent to work the phone and share that good news. There's all kinds of ways in which we are sent into the world to tell the good news of what God has done for us here and now. And there's a lot of ways that that can be done. It can be done in a way where we're called to sit down and talk to somebody face to face. In the Lutheran tradition, a lot of people from Northern Europe, that face to face conversation is makes us uneasy. But that's not what we read in the first reading for today. Peter goes out sharing the good news, but he does it in a curious way. He does it by healing people. He does it by reaching into people's lives and making them better. That is a strong note in the resurrection. A stroke for life in a world that seems riddled with death and pain and hurt. The energy and action towards life, wherever it is and whoever is pushing it forward, is God's activity in this world. It is a witness to that new life in Christ that we know in this season in particular as Easter. So I think the challenge for us is to recognize those moments, to not miss them, to not confuse them with other things that might happen. The disciples, they were joyful and yet still doubted. And these are the ones who were there in the room who could see him, not those 5,000 miles and 2,000 years away like us. I think the last piece that I want to leave with you is the idea that it's not somebody else's job. There are often times in our faith lives where we might sit down and think, don't we pay somebody to do that? <laughs> or the sense that there has got to be somebody who is better suited to this task than me. And the short answer is no, there's not somebody better suited than you. There are all kinds of things that God calls us to be about, and certainly on a day when we think of those who have been sent, we think of missionaries who have been sent all over the world, and we think of these people with these amazing language skills and ability to 
to delve into cultural settings and share the good news of Jesus Christ, these kind of heroic stories. But I think more often than not, we are called by the Holy Spirit to be the right person at the right place at the right time. When a door needs to be held open, when someone needs a meal because their loved one is in the hospital, it may not be epic and heroic, but it is being an apostle in the sense of one being sent to nourish the resurrected life in the world and in the lives around us. So I would challenge you to look more closely at what's immediately around you. Not necessarily from, for some epic story, although who knows, maybe the Spirit is calling one of us to that kind of story. But to recognize that in our own stories, there is the opportunity to be the one who is sent to share the good news of the resurrection in what we say, and as important, if not more important, in what we do. Amen.